Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, September 14th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, over the weekend, James, Peter, and Michael welcomed a very special guest on This Week on Broadway. They had the star of stage and screen, Jeremy Jordan, as their guest. He uh, talked about his Seth Rudetsky concert that was happening on Sunday night, and then a replay on Monday afternoon, Jeremy is just an absolutely um, wonderful guy and a wonderful talent. Yeah, he's great. So um, if you want to hear that episode, it is in your feeds. And if you want to see that concert, it happens live on Sunday night. It depends on how quickly Ashley gets this edited, whether or not you'd have a chance uh. to see it after uh, we record. <laughs> Probably not. But it'll definitely be available on uh, Broadway World events at 3 p.m. on Monday, and then there's a chance it might be available on demand. I don't know that that's been decided yet, but that is always good for him to stop by. Yeah, Yeah. came together at the last minute, it seems. That was exciting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Ashley, uh, of course, anytime we have uh, an episode of whatever different Broadway radio show, you can first hear it on patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, let's get into the news, Ashley. On Friday, the Armageddon of theater tweets raced through the theatrical social media world. (laughs) But the fervor that ensued was more to do with a suspect Twitter headline than the actual story itself. Mm -hmm. The news came from uh, the publication Business Insider that was recapping a podcast interview that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, did with the one and only person that I go to for all of my pandemic-related news, Jennifer Garner. Of course. Uh, Of of course, that and uh, when I need to figure out what's in my wallet. Um, Uh. Being an actress, she, of course, asked him, quote, When are we going to be able to sit in a theater and watch our favorite performers up on stage again? His response, in a vacuum, was startling. He said, quote, I think it's going to be a combination of a vaccine that has been around for almost a year and good public health measures. So his response essentially was a year after a vaccine is introduced Mm. at the earliest. Now, That was what led to all of the hyperventilating and gnashing of teeth and, you know, tearing of of garments. (laughs) Um, But um, later on, Business Insider clarified that Fauci was actually specifically talking about being in theaters without wearing a mask. Right. (laughs) Big difference. Yeah. So – Actually, in the interview, Fauci said that he doubts a vaccine will be ready anytime this year. But even if it was, the earliest that most people in the United States could actually receive it wouldn't be until next fall. So if we had to wait a year from then, two years from now, to go back into theaters, I I honestly think that it might be time to just shuffle off this mortal coil. Because mm-hmm. uh, I ain't waiting that long. I can't long. do but, it. Can't do it. I know. <laughs> but. If we have to wear masks to the theater for the next five, ten years even, I I think I'm okay with that. I've gotten used to it. I'll have to figure out how to make it so they don't fog up my glasses. But once it's determined to be safe enough to go to a theater, and once I feel comfortable doing so, I will gladly sit in my seat, watch a show while wearing a mask. Yeah, it's a non-issue for me because I've even – I mean, I've thought about – you know, the hypothetical of when theater comes back indoors. God knows when that will be. Uh 
And if I'm going to wear a mask, and obviously I'm going to wear a mask, and that's probably going to be for a very long time. Like, I cannot picture a situation where we're at full capacity again in a small theater, and we're all sitting there without masks. I'm just, I don't think I will ever be comfortable with that, Uh, at least not in this country. Maybe we can check back in another country in five years or so. If they're more <laughs> medically sure. advanced or something, well, well, let's wait and see what happens in November to see if uh, uh, there's well, also my, there's also that bit. There's yeah, also my, my prospects, uh, <laughs> my thoughts on uh, this country. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I also hope to be honest with you, I hope that this whole you know one of the things that comes out of this whole pandemic and having to wear a mask and all that stuff is I hope that we normalize. Wearing a mask if you're yes, sick. Yes, absolutely. Like, that is fairly common in other countries, especially exactly. Asia, where yeah. they have dealt with more airborne illnesses and pandemic-level things than we have. Right. If you think you've got something, just wear a mask. Just it's, we've want, we've yeah. destigmatized it at this point. Just wear right. a mask if you if you feel like you've got something and you have to go out. You know, I I think there's a lot of people who go out when they're sick. It's not, you know, right. I bad mean, enough where they to need work. to stay home. Especially to work, yeah. because we don't have those options in this country to not, <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think we should be, obviously, we should be at a point where that is destigmatized and people are feel more comfortable about going out with a mask but i mean who knows americans are very obviously weird and selfish about a lot of things so (laughs) who's to say so the one show that i will be interested to see how they adapt to the new future is sleep no more i mean they already got people wearing masks uh just cover you know bring them down i've never seen it because it's always way too damn expensive for me to you know trek all the way out there on a night when i'm in town but and also you can't remember the name when you need I can to never remember the name we just spent a minute of me <laughs> trying to figure out what show the hell i was talking about that hopefully actually edits out but mm, uh, yeah we'll who see can, who can make promises <laughs> anyway ashley going from a story about what audiences will have to do to see theater in the time of covid to a story about what performers have to do to perform theater in the time of covid Last week, Judy Kay was on Stars in the House and revealed details of what the cast of Diana has been doing to get ready for their upcoming Netflix filming. She said, quote, we have been in a bubble for two weeks, meaning that the entire cast is being quarantined at a Midtown hotel. And she went on to explain that they were tested twice when they entered the bubble and then get tested once a week thereafter. Then after the third tests all come back negative. Then and only then can they actually get on stage and work together without masks. But that doesn't mean that they've been wasting time during this uh, uh, mandatory quarantine. They have been rehearsing material that they have been virtually workshopping over the summer. So whatever we end up seeing on Netflix before the show actually officially opens will be significantly different or at least substantively different from the nine preview shows that actually happened before the shutdown. Hmm. This coming week, they are expected to get the go-ahead to actually head into the theater. And from there, they will tech all of this new material as well as do camera blocking. And she did note that while this will be for Netflix as opposed to Disney+, Plus, it will be the same team that did the filming for Hamilton. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, actually, That's that's promising. That's promising. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, mm. lip, lipstick on a pig, but mm. I I really hope this works for them. Diana doesn't really interest me much as a show just because right. uh, the, the content isn't my thing and the composer and lyricist, book writer's previous works haven't done much for me. Mm-hmm. But I 
really am, am hoping for the best for them because oh, I believe that they're going to be the first of a number of shows that are going to try to do something similar to this, whether it's in their theater or yep. in a soundstage. Yep. So I'm rooting for them to get through this process as safely and healthily as possible. Definitely. I mean, we're going to have to see a lot more shows doing things like this and adapting to at least make it accessible. Because, I mean, as we talked about many times when theater comes back, they're going to have to do like a whole big, hey, we're back, come back to New York and come see shows campaign. And I feel like the best way that they're going to be able to do that, and at least in some cases, is to have shows like this readily available and accessible and, you know, reaching a large audience that can just stream it. So this is, you know, I, I hate describing anything right now as an experiment, but it's definitely an experiment to see how this is all going to go and then what the next show has to do and what the next show has to do to be able to be producing these streamed versions of live musicals for a bit. And again, they're doing not, well, I mean, it's still streaming, but obviously not as big as Netflix, but they've been doing that in the UK with the old Vic and things sure. like that. So there's, a, there's a blueprint. Now the U S has to figure out their blueprint. Why are we always behind on uh, figuring out blueprints? Weird. We, we really weird. I don't know. I will say one big answer. <laughs> I, I do hope that by the time they go way down, um, that they've mm. got all this figured out. I mean, they might have to take a train, but I think by the time they get way down <laughs> to film mm. something uh, in a couple months, I hope that they have all of this stuff figured out. Mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, speaking of things that are streaming, but and Broadway, but not necessarily in the exact same way. Over the weekend, on Sunday, producer and director Ryan Murphy released a very short little teaser for the upcoming film adaptation of The Prom that will be landing on Netflix. Had uh, the nice opening music from the show that we all know, but a nice flashy graphic listing all of the amazing stars that are in it. But what is noteworthy about this is the last time we heard about The Prom, and this was actually a show that I think Alicia and I did, um, the report was that the show would be coming out on or around Christmas Day. Well, it is going to be more on the around time because Ryan Murphy confirmed that the prom on Netflix will be debuting on December 11th. So a full two weeks uh, before uh, before Christmas. And what's notable about that, Ashley, is we are still mm. under the assumption that West Side Story will be coming out. Uh, that same Christmas week. So oh, it looks like we're going to have yeah. um, a fortnight between the Ariana DeBose featured uh, movie musicals. So I think that way they're not conflicting with each other. We can watch yeah. both of them and not feel like we have to choose one Ari versus another Ari. I, I'm, I absolutely forgot about <laughs> said story. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And not that I'm not excited about it, but because every major motion picture is like clamoring t- to either release things early as they should not be doing. Uh, or uh, as far as being in theaters, see Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, that or- did not go well for Tenet. Exactly. Well, they don't. We don't know because they won't release the box office numbers. Oh no, they they did today. We'll get to that. Go ahead. Yeah, finish your finish your thought. Finish your thought. Mm. Uh, Or they're saying it'll come out next year. It'll come out next summer, like in the case of In the Heights. So I absolutely forgot that that was happening. So that'll be really interesting. Big month for Ariana Debose. Yeah, assuming all of this stays put. Now I don't think there's any reason to think the Netflix one won't. But um, what actually happened? So Christopher Nolan released his new mind bending time 
time traveling movie Tenet um, mm-hmm. over Labor Day weekend in theaters in the U.S. where you could actually go and see it. But the studio, uh, Warner Brothers, refused to release uh, any of the box office numbers. Yeah. But what happened was they did release the second weekend box office numbers in which they also noted how much of a decline it was from the first weekend. Obviously the first weekend Uh, is always. So doing the math um, retroactively, it turns out that they pulled in a whopping $9.5 million. Now, it did open internationally and, and made yeah, some money there. I don't sure. know the totals there. But this is a $200 million movie, Ooh, and right. it is clearly going to lose a poop ton of cash. A little bit. Uh, and that is bit. why you are starting to see a lot of um, movie studios, especially Disney, which is technically the owner of the West Side Story film, mm-hmm. um, not really push a whole lot of dates on films because right. they're still trying to decide what they're going to do. Uh, West Side Story would not right, be eligible right. necessarily to show up on Disney Plus uh, because it was um, originally, I guess, a Fox film and they have right. uh, different distribution uh, deals that they have to adhere to mm-hmm. um, for for video on demand and all that stuff. But things like Soul and Black Widow for Disney, they're still trying to determine whether they're going to put those out in theaters at the end of the year, if they're going to put them on Disney Plus. They're going to have to decide if they want to put West Side Story on demand, if they're going to try to, you know, wait it out and see what happens in theaters. Now, you know, Christmas is three and a half months away. The mm. entire world could be different in three and a half months. It's but true. It is important to note that a lot of stuff is happening in the motion picture business now in terms of what releasing a movie looks like during the this oh, pandemic yeah. and whether or not it's even worth it to do it in any way, shape, or form. Which clearly doesn't seem to be based on that one movie. Right, but then there's also the discussion about whether you do it a video on demand no, um, or I, with, yeah, with I Disney. Yeah, I know, I know. We, we have not gotten any premiere access um, uh, data from Disney Plus on the release of Mulan. Mm. Um, so we don't really know. We know that there was some independent... Uh, confirmations of how many downloads the app did the week that Mulan was released and it it had a substantial increase, not as big as the Hamilton weekend, Mm. but a pretty substantial increase in the number of downloads over the previous weekend. But we don't know we don't know what that was. We don't have right. any actual right. money total. So we don't know if it'll be worth Disney putting more films out on Disney plus premiere access before, you know, or if it's just better to wait until it's safer to get them into the theaters. Yeah, right. All right. So let's wrap up with a couple recommendations. I'm not going to necessarily say feel good because neither of them necessarily <laughs> feel good for very different reasons. Yeah. The first one, yeah, it's a it's a recommendation. <laughs> Ashley, you can close your ears if you want. <laughs> but over the weekend, uh, the Right Honorable Lord Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber released um, what he calls a little surprise. So he released the song Far Too Late that was recorded on the stage um, uh, of Her Majesty's Theatre in London, the home of, of, of the Phantom of the Opera, before the shutdown happened. But this is a song from the new musical Cinderella, and it is performed by the show's star, Carrie Fletcher. It is as banal and uh, unmemorable Correct. as you would imagine, Ashley. <laughs> and I am I am not someone who dislikes Andrew Lloyd Webber as much as you do. Right. But um, it is as cliche as cliche. I did listen to it, and my first thought was that it reminded me of the Cats Oscar song that they wrote. Yeah. The other recommendation, Ashley, I'm not going to say feel good because it's a little bit more somber. It is mm-hmm. much more well done than that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber song is, but it is um, uh, it comes from the 9-11 tribute at the U.S. Open 
that Chris Jackson and a number of other performers did. He uh, sang the songs uh, My Country Tis of Thee, uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is known as the Black National Anthem, and Mm. This Land is Your Land. He was backed up by a number of different performers, including Ben Thompson and uh, Shockwave from Freestyle Love Supreme. Uh, So uh, Chris Sullivan. So uh, very nice time he did it. Um, I'm assuming this was on the uh, at Arthur Ashe Court, uh, but it was uh, on the court mm. at the U.S. Open with five backup singers. Um, and anything Chris Jackson does is always wonderful, but obviously true. not necessarily true. a feel-good recommendation. Correct, correct. But still better than the previous recommendation. Yeah. Just I recommended it for news sake. <laughs> For the news. For the news. All right. That is all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right. I have no idea what's happening this week. We have not discussed a schedule for anything, but I can Love guarantee it. you something. We'll be showing up in your podcast feed first on Patreon every night, then at around 7.55 in the a.m. the following morning in the regular feed. If you want to get in on the Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday and a start to your week, and someone will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.